The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. So when I walked into my first religious science community over 30 years ago, I was overjoyed to hear that I could change my thinking and change my life, that I could become one with abundance, that I could have healthy, loving relationships, which overjoyed me because I had just been dumped. (laughs) What they didn't say was that I was going to have to heal. What they didn't say is that I was going to have to change, that I was going to have to grow, that I was going to have to stretch. And I'm so glad they didn't because I probably would have run away. But what was there were seeds of possibility. And I was like, wow, what if my life could change? What if my history didn't, didn't mean anything? What if I could create a new life and be excited and, and jubilant and maybe rich? <laughs> but the thing is, is that what I had to do was become courageous. I had to become courageous to to face my inner demons, to look at my fears and my doubts beyond what I was feeling and move forward. And I'd love to tell you that it was easy because that's another thing they didn't tell me. They didn't tell me it wasn't going to be easy. But what it did for me was it said, what if you just move forward? What if you activate your bravery? What I want you to know is like that started a trajectory for me that was exquisite and and, uh, unbelievable, actually. And I had to become comfortable with my discomfort. I had to really sit in it. So I trained coaches in my emotional integration work. And last weekend, we had our annual retreat. And so we were talking about what are the things that challenge us from being successful and being powerful and using these principles. And one of the coaches said, you know, she said, I don't like to be uncomfortable. Because <laughs> when I'm uncomfortable, I can run right back to my old behaviors. And so we started talking about how easy that is for any of us to do that, to move back into our addictions or old ways of being, right? But the thing is, when you, when you do that, you are unaware that that discomfort place is a place of creativity. It's a portal of expansion. And if you dive into it, no matter how scary it is, something powerful can emerge. So I was working in corporate America, and I was not happy. My acting career all of a sudden had dried up. The... Um, the uh, the singing career that I had done and going out and doing Harris and all those places had dried up. And I, I had taken this job to take care of myself and my children. And I, I hate to admit it, but I was a complainer. <laughs> I'm married to a saint who would just be loving with me and say, maybe you should pray. <laughs> And so while I was going through all of that, though, I, I, 
I never stopped meditating. And in my meditation, I heard the still voice go, I will take care of you. I'm like, when? (laughs) I'm ready, right? I'm ready. And so I'm just making sure my little notes are here. So, um, so then there was nothing. You know how many of you pray and you're like waiting for the answer, right? Nada, right? So I keep praying, I keep meditating, and the voice says, I will take care of you. I'm like, okay. And so I get home from work shortly after that, and I check my voice messages. And there's a message from a man who says, hi, my name is Kent Routenstrauss from Mile High. I'm like, for real? Yes, and we would like to talk to you about coming to sing. Now, I just want you all to know, it is not easy to get here to sing, people, right? I had no idea how he got my phone number, how he even heard about me. I didn't care. I was going. So I came, and I sang, and it was incredible. And a few weeks later, I'm back in Los Angeles, and Ricky Byers is doing a music conference. And um, I sit down, and, and Kent comes in and sits down next to me. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so she takes us into this meditation. It was this deep, powerful meditation. And while I'm in the meditation, I hear, you can go for a little while. Go where? Right? I open my eyes, and Kent is looking at me. And he says, want to come to Mile High for a month and be an artist in residence? And I'm like, really? Yeah. Now listen, people, he had not talked to Roger. (laughs) They had never had an artist in residence. I'm not even sure they've had one since. But clearly we were in a divine zone, right? And so... I knew, though, what that meant was I was going to have to take a leap of faith because they were not going to let me off for a month to come to Colorado. And everything in me was open, and I said, oh, this is a yes. So I said, okay, great, I'm going. So I quit my job. Now, this is, the, this is, this is how God works. The amount of money that they were offering me was the exact amount of money I made per month at my job. Because I said yes, and because I came, it opened the portal for me to come here as a minister. It opened the portal for me to, when I got back to Los Angeles, my practitioner business kind of blew up. I had clients all over the place that paid for my bills and paid for me in my school of ministry. That yes was so powerful because what I knew in that moment was that that I was guided And that when you activate your courage, and I'm not talking about act stupid. I mean, do do, you activate your courage and you follow the steps. Here's the deal. When you do that, you are not going to leap to enlightenment. You still have to take steps, tiny steps, to move from here to there. Let me tell you what um, Les Brown says. He says, if you put yourself in a position where you have to stretch outside your comfort zone, then you are forced to expand your consciousness. John C. Maxwell says, success 
is due to our stretching to the challenges of life. Failure comes when we shrink from them. How many of you know there's something calling you to be different or bigger than you are in this moment? Right? And how many of you have been like, I, I don't know how. I got good news. You don't have to know how. You just have to say yes. You just have to say yes. And listen to that inner voice, that intuitive guidance. You are encoded with an intuitive nature, with a guidance system, yes? So here's the thing. I um, I have a, a client, and... She came to me in an interesting way. She, uh, I coach people, and so she saw on my website uh, how to find me, but she had heard me speak in a summit, an Internet summit. And she said, I just knew. I, when I heard you, I was supposed to come and see you. I'm like, this is great, and she's a coach. You know, and I, I want to be a teacher of the teachers and a coach of the coaches, right? So this was, like, great. And, so, and she, she has all these clients, and she has this big vision. So we start working on it, and everything's good for about six weeks. And then I start noticing she's in major resistance. And so I bring it into the field, and she denies it. She goes, no, 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 I'm not in resistance. But she's still doing it, right? I said, okay, could you tell me what is up here? I said, what is the difference between the voice that said, call Cynthia, and the voice for the big vision? And she said, oh, I'm not sure I can trust the voice for the big vision. Maybe it's my mind. And I said, okay. Let's talk about this for a moment. I understand that there's, there's a couple of voices. There, there's that still small voice that is just lifting you up, nurturing you, expanding you, guiding you. And then there's that other voice that says, you're too busy to work out today. Oh, just one more cookie. You're not good enough. Who's going to come listen to you? What have you got to say that you could put in a book? But here's the thing. The voice of the divine is not the intellect. The voice of the divine is completely clear. It is not a voice of confusion. It is the voice that says, you are more than this. You are powerful. You are expanded. Stand up. Go forward. Lift off. Dream. Move in the direction of your dreams. So my husband is an, uh, an internationally known photographer. A lot of you know him. His name is Carl Studna. And he has a book coming out on Tuesday, and I want to talk about that. He doesn't know I'm saying this, and he's sitting over there going, oh, no, what is she going to say? <laughs> um, so when I met him 23 years ago, right, amazing, huh? <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> That's another talk, I'm just saying. So... So he had been working on this book for two years. He had been photographing couples and interviewing them on relationship and and, and connection and longevity in in relationship. And and the pictures were extraordinary. And I had just gone through uh, a couple years before a horrible divorce. But as I'm looking at these pictures and I'm reading these interviews, my heart is open. And I'm like, wow, this is what I thought relationship was supposed to be, right? Right? 
And so as we get together and then we, you know, we get married and he's working on this book and he goes back and interviews the, the couple some more and there's birth, there's death, there's all this stuff that goes on in these relationships. And he's some, um, a wonderful agent wants to support him and he's sending stuff out to the publishers and they're going, no, no, no. And after a while, it's like, wow, what is up with this, right? And so he puts it aside for a little while. And then he gets into a master's program and he kind of works on it a little more. But, but it's still no. And, and it's like, but I'm watching him because this is a passion. This is a calling, right? And so about two years ago, uh, he was, I think we were in bed because we have a spiritual practice in the morning. And he says, you know, I do not want to leave this planet having the regret that I did not do this. And so I've watched him for two years. I've watched him pull that book back out, reorganize it, get more couples, do, do more uh, in-depth work on learning how to bring it to form and, and bring it to the world. And, and I watched him in the morning. He'd go, wow, you know, in my meditation, I was told to go do this. And he'd call this person or he'd send this email or he'd step out. And I'm watching this. And now this book is, is, is coming out on, on Tuesday. It's called The Evolution of Loving. And this is what's amazing. This book is exquisite. If you're in a relationship or want to be in a relationship, get this book. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> because it, it, it is an act of love, not just from Carl, but from every couple in there who listened to love who opened their hearts, who said yes through their stuff, who, who, who said, I will, I will not allow stuff to move me out of the possibility of loving. So your intuitive nature is always guiding you. It's always available. It's always supporting you. Thomas Troward um, was an author and, and influenced a lot of new thought thinkers. And let me tell you what he says about intuition. The importance of understanding and following the intuition cannot be exaggerated. But I candidly admit the great practical difficulty of keeping the happy mean between the disregard of the interior voice and allowing ourselves to be run away with by groundless fancies. Your divine nature is not connected to fantasy. It's connected to allowing you to step into powerful and extraordinary ways. But here's the, the important thing, I think, that goes hand in hand with that intuitive nature. It's that, it's that self-care has to become non-negotiable. You have been given this thing called body temple. You have been given this gift that spirit needs to move through you, through express through you. And if you are not taking care of this temple, then you cannot be at the high vibratory rate that it takes to deliver your message, your gifts, because you are a divine expression. You are an original imprint. There's nobody like you. There's never been anybody like you, and there'll never be anybody else like you. And so your bringing to the planet your goodness, your grace, your light, your love, and your freedom is necessary. And it has to move through this. 
So I was at Agape with Michael Beckwith when it started, and you know, there's like 25 people in the room, and then I'm watching, the, I'm watching it blow up. I'm, I'm watching people everywhere, and I'm watching him fly all over the place. And I'm like thinking, does he sleep? <laughs> and so I say, dude, what, what, what are you doing? You know, how are you managing all this? And he says, I expand my container. And he said, this is my vessel. This is my temple. I have to take care of this. So I work out with a trainer three times a week. And I eat healthy. And I, I meditate more when I'm stressed. And, I, and I, I just do all the things I know I need to do to, to anchor this. Now, I heard him. But, you know, at the time I was a practitioner and my kids were just getting out. You know, and I'm like, okay, that's nice. I had no idea what my life would become. So when I move into this community and I'm in spiritual leadership here and I'm being invited to go and speak all over the world and teach and do all this stuff, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa. I'm thinking my container needs a little work. Because I was tired. And, and, and at one point my husband said, well, you know, why don't you go check this out? And then I had adrenal issues. But what I want you to know is it wasn't the first time There have been many times in my life where my body had sat me down and I ignored it. I moved into denial. I said, oh, I can push through that. Because in case you hadn't noticed, I have a lot of energy. Right? But here's the thing. Your body will not allow you to ignore it. It will not allow you to keep pushing it away and keep pushing through and not sleeping and not eating well and not taking care of yourself. At some point, it will rebel. And so the thing is, is that you are called, you are a spiritual beacon. You are a spiritual seeker. You wouldn't be in this room if you weren't. You wouldn't be online if you weren't. But the thing is, is that This is the way in which you deliver your message. This is an energy machine. This is a a place of thriving. And so your care of it, and let me tell you, you have to age. I don't know when I got to my 60s. I I feel like I'm 20. But my body says maybe not. (laughs) You can't go as fast as you used to go, sister girl. (laughs) But, yeah, we all age. We don't have to decay. We don't have to atrophy. We don't have to continue to to poison ourselves with sugar and stuff that doesn't support our health and well-being or our brain chemistry. Thank you, sister girl. (laughs) So, but the thing is, is that you get to choose. You get to choose. And so the question becomes, what are you choosing? How are you taking care of yourself? How are you standing for you? How are you telling people that no is a complete sentence? I'll let it sink in. People can wait for you to care for yourself. I'm aware that we've been conditioned to to put others first, to take care of others first. But I want to say... I want you to consider walking out of here today with the, with the concept me first. 
Love me first. Heal me first. Trust me first. Walk with me first. Honor me first. And then you raise the vibration of everybody and everything around you. Stress in this, in this world right now, I'm aware we're living in an interesting time on the planet. But we're here by divine appointments. You're here for a reason. You matter. But I do want you to know that 45% of, of people are more stressed than they were five years ago. 77% of people are experiencing physical symptoms, headaches, fatigues, Stomach issues, burnout. 73% are experiencing psychological symptoms, irritability, anger, nervousness, crying for no reason. That is because we're out of sync with the infinite. We have to slow down. We have to get still enough to understand that, that spiritual practice is an essential. It's not something you do when you're in crisis. Pray daily, meditate daily, work your body daily. And, if you, and remember, you cannot do it alone. You are not alone because otherwise you will just keep swimming in that lovely little monkey mind that loves to be there and chat. What you want to do is you want to get support. I don't care if it's a practitioner, a minister, a therapist, a, a, a Tai Chi master, a yoga master. It doesn't matter. Do something daily that is going to feed you and help you move into a new state of being. There's a woman named Audrey Lord. This is what she says. Standing and saying that I matter and that I'm important, and that taking care of myself is important is a radical act. Because so often, we, we are expected to take care of everybody else that we're supposed to come last, almost as if it's a familial expectation. And so saying that I matter, that I come first, that what I need and what I want matters, I think is a radical act. Because it goes against everything that we've been conditioned to believe. I want you to know, you're taking care of you is the greatest gift you can give to this planet. We are the change agents. I want you to know that God has your back. That, that you will be nurtured and supported and cared for beyond your wildest imaginings, and you do not have to know how. And let me just say this. It's not about working hard to get it. There's no mighty being up there with a chalkboard putting little checks by your name. You don't have to work hard. You just have to show up every day and trust that by activating your courageous self, you can step into your strength. You can step into your power. You can step into your light. You are so magnificent that God breathed its life into you so that you could come to this planet at this time. Let me tell you this. Without you at this moment, there would be a hole. I want you to take that in. You are important. <laughs> 